we not tell you that we would give you winners? We say things, and if you listen, we deliver. It is episode two of season three of the Sunday Card here on Sports Country Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting your podcasts right now. We are back. What a week one it is. I look at the sheet right now, and I see green, green, green all over the place. A little red here and there, but more green than red. I absolutely love it. Dan Zampano, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, in the building, but we must bow down to the week one winner of the week. Huge victories all around. Ladies and gentlemen, after a four-in-one week plus hitting the magic money line parlay, the ringmaster of gambling, Mr. Matty Ice, Matty C. Matt Silbreth. Please try not to inflate my ego too much. It is week one. I will, I will drive myself into the ground if you keep inflating my ego like this. But that being said, just a fantastic week. I mean, so we said it at last week we were recording. You mentioned the money line parlay. We hit one all of last year. We went one in 15 to get that monkey off the back week one on a really juicy one too. Kind of hit it both ways because I mentioned again, I kind of gave Miami first, but I had I have to I try and give one that I know you're gonna take, not gonna bet against New England as as a as a home a home team. So Miami, Houston hit, Houston, Steelers hit. Houston, Miami hit if you took them all every different way you could. So, uh, yeah, week one was fantastic week. Um, and just nothing better than a 12-hour than a slate of football to just get you full on a Sunday. I mean, it, it, was, it was like being born again. It really was. You had another opportunity. Week one open up. It's the most exciting thing that happens all season, really, is week one. Maybe outside of divisional round slash Super Bowl. Mm. It might be my favorite week of the year with week one. It's just so exciting. Um, your boy went three and two. Uh, so we both win and the under the weather hits, not as I expected it to hit with the Packers getting blasted by New Orleans. Well, uh, how about that? Nobody saw that coming, but it was a sharp play. The sharps were on that. Uh, I actually was on the side of Green Bay as well. So I had Green Bay and the under and uh, kind of ended up splitting on that one, which is fine. I uh, took that late. But uh, again, three and two week for the show. Uh, doing well. Like we said, Houston was the easiest one of the week. Pittsburgh, another easy one. Both hit in the money line parlay. Thank you, Matty Ice. And then Seattle uh, over Indianapolis, which was, I mean, talk about this and we'll talk about it in a second. Um, in fact, we'll get right into it now. I mean, Maddie, there were just so many things that happened this week. Um, our head-to-heads, you beat me twice on the head-to-heads because we had the over-under with, with the Tampa game, and that game absolutely wild with the overheads. And then Miami squeaking out a win, New England giving it away to them at the freaking five-yard line. I almost, almost puked a little bit right there, but it was a fun weekend, no question about it. Yeah, we definitely learned a lot of things, like you said, and now – uh, as we know, things are things are set for the NFL season, correct? After one week of, of action, we now know that um, again the Green Bay Packers will inevitably be one and and sixteen maybe because they, they they can't play defense. Um, and the Houston Texans and Tyron Taylor is going to be our Super Bowl MVP. So I hope you have those Tyron Taylor Super Bowl MVP oh. bets. Oh no no, I have Danny Amendola as MVP. Oh. No, just like a couple years. Run it ago. back. We got to run it back from a couple years ago. That's a classic. If anybody. If anybody listening to this remembers the Dan Am hysteria is what I'll call it, <laughs> then 
you're a real one. And I, I don't know if there's anybody out there besides maybe some good friends, but if you do tweet at us, let us know. Cause I would love that. Yes, please. I, I actually may have to put the, we may have to find that in the archives and put that yeah. one up Just to say we were, we were four years early on Danny Amendola, Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was with Houston and not with new England. Uh, Maddie, give me uh, three things. Let's start with one. and We'll go back and forth here. Give me three things you learned this week from week one. Uh, this has to be a team that I was very low on. Uh, we're going to start with this. And it was a pick that, again, I almost had. It was it was my last one out of my best five picks that I, that I almost went with. Um, and that was going against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I think what we learned is that they have a very good offensive line and a very good defensive line. And you win football in the trenches. And I just think I was underestimating that factor. You look at every other part of them, Jalen Hurts, maybe unproven. Um, still at this point, again, it is still in my head. I still have hesitation about them. You know, the wide receiver position for them looks just disgusting. But Jalen Rager had a couple good plays. And, you know, again, they clearly were able to move the ball downfield. And then defensively, as much as, again, their cornerback situation didn't look fantastic. The defensive line was getting pressure all day. And I mean, and we something we already knew is that Atlanta's offensive line is damn horrible. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think Philadelphia – I have to change the way I'm looking at them the rest of the season based on how good they are at the offensive defensive line, because the end of last year when they were so bad is because there was injuries all over the place in those two fields. So, Yeah, no doubt. I think, I think we definitely learned that. We talked about that. I think a little bit in private when I was back up in Connecticut a couple of weeks ago, where I kind of came in and said, I kind of like Philadelphia right now. And you kind of said, yeah, I feel like I need to change my tune. And they went out and proved it. Unbelievable. Uh, I learned that um, Pittsburgh Steelers defense is still really good. Pittsburgh Steelers defense is still really good. And man, oh man, are they going to keep them in games? I mean, Pittsburgh did not play great offensively, but they did enough. Um, and, and to me, just from that game in general, uh, our idea maybe that Buffalo might have some regression, I think is starting to kind of flourish a little bit. I don't know about you, but I saw the Josh Allen of 2019 play in that game, not the Josh Allen of 2020 play in that game. Uh, I am very a little bit concerned about Buffalo and they got to go to Miami now this week off of a big win um, in New England. Don't be surprised if Buffalo is maybe has a struggle to open the season, but I think we do underestimate Mike Tomlin coach teams. That's the one I want to say they tackle really well. And um, again, Ben is not going to make the ultra mistake. I think he's got still weapons and even Najee Harris coming in. That's so much better for them. Uh, than I thought really and realized. So uh, kudos to the, to the Steelers and they do with special teams too. So that's that they're an all around well-coached team. So the next thing I, I, I got to go right in that division is, uh, is the Browns are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I oh. think that that is, you know, I, I think there was talk around it and, and there was a ton of hype and there's been hype for the past two seasons. And obviously them having success last season, making the playoffs, only push it forward more. Um, but they looked fantastic. I mean, they looked so good. They had the number one ranked offensive line on PFF this week, which we already knew they had a good offensive line. And outside of just a couple, just a couple bonehead decisions by Baker late, you know, and it feels like because they rely on the run game so well too, I feel like they get scared down the stretch with the lead and they want to run the ball. And, and it's just tough sometimes, but I think they're going to get there, but they have all of the pieces in place and maybe the coaching and some of the decision-making has just got to get a little more refined and a little fine-tuned, which can happen throughout a season after having some mistakes and some bad losses. But 
no, no doubt about it in my mind. They are, you know, a top four team in the AFC. Yep. Absolutely. Fourth quarter, they're going to have to get better, especially playing Kansas City. Um, but that game was about Mahomes and how good they are. I mean, they are just unbelievable. They're never out of it. They just could not finish that game. You can't have that punt happen at the end of the game. But I agree with you. Cleveland, unbelievable job by them, even at the loss. Uh, number two, I think this is a two-horse race for MVP. I think I learned that this week. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. This is going to be a fun season with those two going. I believe in them. I believe in them. I don't want to overreact because this week is about overreactions. But what I saw structurally out of the Seahawks is that they're going to have him under center. They'll run the ball when they want, but they can have big plays. And if they're going to have big plays like that all season long, which they typically do, he's going to be definitely a candidate for MVP. And Kyler, I mean, the one concern we had about Kyler was him thrown out of the pocket. And he looked damn good thrown out of the pocket. Had a couple nice touchdowns. He's impossible to catch. I mean, he's just a nightmare, the little chicken nugget trying to run around there and trying to catch him. I mean, it's it's wild. I think that's going to be a really fun race. I learned that I think it's going to be Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson all year long. No, uh, no Matt Stafford. I mean, that's a true overreaction. If you want to, if you want to be overreacting, you, you put Matt Stafford in that conversation. But Derek three touchdowns, is, only three hundred twenty yards, though. Only, only three hundred twenty. Like it's not that Derek Carr threw for like four hundred yards on, on Monday just night. Say, he didn't put up Derek Carr numbers out there. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Chris Raza. Um, last thing that I would I would have to say. Uh, and this is just going to be a theme rolling right into this episode is that teams are not as bad as we build them up to be just to harp on it again, Houston shellacked the Jacksonville Jaguars and everybody was just like, you know, this is the worst football team we've ever seen on paper, on paper. The games aren't played on paper. They're played on grass and turf. Okay. And there's a reason that we got to go out there and play these games. So don't let, the media, you know, all the, the, the sports networks, we all watch so many things. Like, trust me, we consume, me and Dan probably consume more sports and Lewis himself too, like so much sports media, but they are driven to, you know, to make things interesting. So always take a little grain of salt with what you hear out there because again, Houston, they looked great. Now we got to get foreshadowing. Are we going to take them against the Browns plus 12? I don't know about that. But teams are not as bad as you always think. This is the NFL. There's parity. Everybody is equal um, for the most part. You know, there's teams up and down in tiers, but it's much more equal than it is in, say, college football. Um, My last one, I love it. We got our quarterback. Ah, We got our quarterback. I hate – I I thought that that game, the Patriots got out-patriated by Brian Flores. They lost the middle eight in the middle of the game, gave up 10 points in the last four minutes in the first four minutes of the second half. Uh, you can't fumble at the, at the five and you can't have these penalties all over the place. But Mac Jones is the real freaking deal, boys. This is a real deal. And I can't wait to be with you, Lewis, on Sunday at MetLife Stadium oh, for Mac versus Zach in the first round of a brand new rivalry. Let's go. Wow. I, I yeah. get that you guys are going to be in person. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lewis. If we have any more injuries, I'm going to have a miserable time on Sunday. I'm going to have a terrible time. Mount Makai is out this week. Huh? Yeah, so not, so not great against a Patriots defensive line that looked ferocious. Matt Judon, look out. Just look out, Zach. That's all I'm going to say. 
I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was great. I have one question for you. Just a real quick overreaction, then we'll get into the picks. Are you going to overreact? And maybe not you, but in general. I have watched a lot of sports media today. Everybody is killing Aaron Rodgers. Everybody yeah. is killing Aaron Rodgers. Do you really think that this whole offseason, is it, is it as much him maybe with the shenanigans in the offseason or is it just the Packers maybe didn't play a lot in the preseason and they kind of had a preseason game and it just a dud and fell on their face in Jacksonville? Because to me, honestly, I agree with them. This is one game. This is one game. They got it. They got it wrong. Yes. And I think there is a little to be said about Rogers' attitude. I do agree with that. It's not 100% one way or the other, but they're going to get this right, aren't they? That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's, it's that he doesn't fit – the cookie cutter mold for a quarterback that you're supposed to have of, you know, you got to just go out in the media and you say the right things. And if you talk to Colin Cowherd, you got to be wearing your forwards hat, no backwards hats here, Aaron Rodgers. That's the biggest difference maker between a Super Bowl winner and not is which orientation of your hat. And it's, it's, they're too damn good. The defense sucked week one. They absolutely sucked, but I agree. I mean, there's a lot of distractions in the off season. And it's very easy to pick on them after what was a, an embarrassing loss. It was, it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that – I don't think that this is going to be the key. I don't think that they're going to be, what, the lowest scoring offensive team in the NFL. Are you telling me that's what's going to happen? No chance. No chance. But I love the overreaction all over ESPN this morning and, and Fox and all those – all the companies. I mean, it's, it's obnoxious. It's like, is this – Lions Monday night football game, the must win game for the Packers. Like, it's like, okay, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Talk about, I mean, this is, you, you mentioned college football earlier, and this is, um, I think this is a great get right spot for the Packers. I'm, I'm not going to get, it's not, I know it's not in my picks. I don't know if it's your picks. I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder here, but we saw in college football where week one, there was a lot of divisional games and then week two, there was a lot of um, cookie cutter, you know, for the, for those power five conference teams. That's what exactly what uh, Detroit going into green Bay on week two is like, Rogers just going to light him up. <laughs> I do love that. I mean, I, I do think that this could be a potential blowout game, especially Detroit just never plays well up there. So um, it, it's a, it's definitely one that's on my radar, but why don't we just get right into it? Because we have yeah. five picks to get into. So um, I'll let you choose who goes first since you won week one. I'm going to let you go first because we were so on the same page last week that I think I, I think I was behind. I don't know. I was behind the April. I want to see where you're going first. I only have two picks that I really, really, really like. I'll be honest. There's not a ton here. First off, a thousand home dogs playing this week. A oh. thousand home dogs. I mean, there's so much to choose from here. It's just blind bet them. Just blind bet the home dogs week two. Is, serious, is where I'm coming from. Seriously, it's the board blind dogs bet and and home divisional dogs too. No less. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of those. So yeah. it's hard to find a favorite because I don't want to have all dogs in my and I just don't want to do it. Sometimes these favorites are going to win. Uh, case in point with Seattle last week. So. Um, Denver. Denver. Yeah, a great pick, by the way. How about Teddy B looking like a snake out there? He was like a snake charmer, just avoiding the pass rush and having these unbelievable plays. 
I'm trying not to overreact to the Broncos. Okay. <laughs> I'm really, I had to force myself to not take, again, foreshadowing, not taking the Broncos this week, strictly to not be the most biased person in the room. Fair enough. I completely agree with that. I'm, I'm going to just like, before we even start, just say it. You're not, I'm not on the Patriots this week. I'll tell you that. Get given six points to the Jets on the road. I'm not on that. Uh, but I am on another divisional team, a divisional game, divisional dog. However, this is ugly. I don't like it. I don't want to have to do this, but I have to do this because there's way too many points in this game. Bounce back on the Atlanta Falcons. It's just, yes, just awful. I just can't even believe that I am even uttering these words, but 12 points, 12 points, Maddie. I know they're on the road in Tampa and Brady came up and looked like, looked unbelievable. Turned the ball over like three or four times in that game. Atlanta, I just think out in Canada, had a stinker. Had a stinker. That's all they have to come out. We have to believe, especially in these early weeks, we have to believe what we believed in in the offseason, that Arthur Smith would improve the Atlanta offense. And it didn't get proven on Sunday. But we have such a small sample size that I think we need to just stick to our principles from the offseason. And then as we go along in the season – kind of readjust things and how they are. Tampa looked good. There's no question about that, especially offensively, but they got really banged up in the secondary, had some injuries, and Atlanta's not going to run the football. Atlanta's not going to run the football. We, I think we figured that one out now. They're going to have to throw it around, but they can't keep being this walking, flying field goal that they are in the red zone. They just can't keep doing it. It's so frustrating. So with that, I am going to bite the bullet. You're telling me they can't lose this game 31-20? Like, I could see them losing this game 31-20. I could see them losing 28-17, 28-20, somewhere around there. But 12 points is too much for the Atlanta Falcons. Give them to me plus 12. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm going to – number five pick. I'm going to ride right with you there on, on Atlanta. It's what I had had marked on because, again, a divisional game with 12 points is, is insane. I mean, that is, is absolutely insane. And when we were watching, again, you, as you said, when you were in, in the nutmeg state last week and we watched that Thursday night game together, we said that – Tampa Bay's secondary looked very inexperienced. They're still young. They're still rattled um, as good as their defensive and their defensive line and pass rushes um, and run defense, which again, if you said Atlanta doesn't have to run the ball, I mean, Dallas didn't run the ball at all last week and they were right there and, you know, had that game in their fingertips and just certain things didn't, you know, Greg, the leg really cost them that game. So if Atlanta can score touchdowns and then have young Hoku actually make a couple important field goals, that's what we're talking about. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I think that Atlanta, they're going to throw the ball a ton. Uh, and we also said that the Bucks definitely struggled in the red zone. So we can only hope that Atlanta could just be a little bit better on their own half of the field in the red zone. I mean, just 5% better. And they could have it. They have a chance this game because they are, we were texting each other again on Sunday. It's just like, it gives me agita watching. It's just like, it's not Julio Jones. Like they try and discredit like every player. In, in, in Atlanta's history of like, oh, he's not going to the red zone. It's like, no, Atlanta just stinks. Maybe it's Matt Ryan stinks in the red zone, which would be a bigger problem for us I right now. Know. But I, I don't know what it is. I mean, they have to, they can't be worse than that, what they were under the last regime, can they? I mean, they have to be better under this guy. And maybe the run game is what will keep them better. Their offensive line is very bad. Like it's not, it's not good. It's not good. But I do think, again, they're, they have too much talent on that team not to put up points. They're not going to do another six-point performance again back-to-back week. Just, just an inkling that I just got here. 
Arthur Smith in Tennessee, one of the best red zone targets was Jonu Smith. Yeah. I feel like maybe sprinkling a little Kyle Pitts scores a touchdown prop bet for this week might be a not a bad idea. I agree. I agree. I think that I think that especially them missing guys like Murphy Bunting and people like that, they're going to have to rotate guys in and out. Their safeties are better, but I think Pitts could get on a linebacker and maybe, you know, it's going to be tough. Devin White's going to be a tough matchup for him. I'll tell you that. If no, that's fair. You're right. That You're right. So, you know, I do, but I do like Pitts. Get him more involved, especially in the red zone, though, and I think that that could work out well. And Maddie, he's, uh, you want to go sorry, Go ahead. Yeah, he's, he's a guy you spread out wide, too. You get him out of the corner. So. Exactly. Um, exactly. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so number four pick. We'll get it out of the way. We'll just get it out of the way because I know you're not going here, and we can get a little parody here. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Lewis. Yes, sir. We got to take a six-point home divisional dog. So one of my almost things I almost said in our, in our what we figured out from last week is that even though Miami – went into New England and won. I think the public perception is that people still don't like Miami and love New England. As you said, they went from three and a half point favorites to five and a half over again, after a loss to the Dolphins. I I think the Jets played a lot better defense in the second half against Carolina last week. Uh, I think Zach Wilson at home is going to be much more comfortable. Um, I think he's going to, you know, his first look at some, a full game and full game speed in the NFL. I think that he will have some success. I mean, it scares the crap out of me with how good, again, the Patriots' defensive line look, Becton going down. Like, that terrifies me. But I just think that there's other ways in this game that they're going to be able to figure this out. It's a super low total. It's 42 and a half. Yeah. So, catching six points where, you know, we're only a 42 and a half total. We're talking a, you know, 21 to 17 game. Like, that's a cover right there. So, I got to take the Jets. We're going to get ugly. But we win ugly in this on this show. That's how we roll. I love first two are very, very ugly. That is the way it goes. Listen, um, if this was at three and a half still, like it opened, I'd probably be maybe considering taking the Pats. Rookie quarterback, first road start at a hostile environment, MetLife, those plans are brand new, like generation. So all the fans are going to be rabid in New York because they're all excited about new coach, new quarterback. Lewis is smiling from ear to ear. Uh, I honestly don't think the Patriots defense looked that great. They didn't give up a ton of points, but I don't think they looked very, like there was a lot of miscues, especially personnel wise. Um, You know, I I think they'll get it corrected. These are all correctable things that the Patriots usually get corrected. Uh, But I do worry about the Jets on that offensive line. That's the one thing like they, if you can't block those guys, I mean, you got Van Noy and Judon did look good. The D line looked good. Uh, But I think if, and the Jets don't have a running game either. Miami was yeah. able to run the ball a little bit. The Jets just don't have them. So it's a lot relying on a rookie quarterback. You are a brave soul for going there, but, you know, you got to go. You have to take this. There's too much value. It, it, it's the number says so. The situation says so. You just got to – you got to close your eyes and do it. Plug your nose, <laughs> close your eyes, and just take the Jets. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, number five, number four for me, uh, I'm going to go back to the well with this team. I'm going to go back to the well. Um at first glance, I took the other side when I first looked at this. But then I realized something. I said, you know what? Why would I take this team? And maybe I'm overreacting. Again, maybe I'm overreacting. I'm trying not to, but this was my safe bet last week. I'm going to take it again. I'm going to go Seattle minus five and a half at home against the Tennessee Titans. I know that's a scary pick because at first glance, I said, I got to take the Titans. 
Titans, five and a half. Absolutely, yes. Have to take it. But it's a very similar team they're playing this week that they played last week in Arizona, where Arizona doesn't necessarily run the same offense, I would say, as Seattle, but they get a lot of big plays. And Seattle gets a ton of big plays. They were able to semi-run the football against the Colts, and they really just didn't they didn't do anything on defense that was out of the ordinary. Isaiah Simmons had a great game for Arizona, had a, a ton of tackles and interception. Chandler Jones was an absolute animal. I think if Jamal Adams can do the same thing, I just can't see them um, establishing. I think, I think the thing that we talked about the most in the offseason was Tennessee losing Arthur Smith is huge. I mean, it just, and it showed that play calling was way off, especially in the red zone. They just could not get anything done. But Tennessee's secondary, too, is bad. It's not good. And they're vulnerable to that big play. And I'm very scared of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett if I'm, if I'm a Titans fan. I'm very scared of them because I know Russ. Uh, look, I think this is a similar game that they play. Now they got to go to Seattle, tough environment. Could be an 0 2 start. And I think it will be for the Titans. I'm going to take the Seahawks begrudgingly, minus five and a half. I don't love it, but I'm going to take them as a safer, safer favorite. I needed a, I needed a favorite here because I have all dogs. So I'm taking Seattle. I, I would be on the other side of the, this is a, I, I thought about taking Tennessee as my first inkling. And I, there's a chance come game time, I, you know, for the show purposes where it's at five and a half, I won't take Tennessee because I, you know, I, I'm hoping this number gets to six. If this is at six, I, I'll, I'll probably have this on my card for the weekend mm-hmm. because I do think that just, and this is a super high total, 54 points. I think both these teams could throw the hell out of the ball. You know, I mean, I mean, as far as this, the cornerback matchups that Seattle has on A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I mean, they just – they don't match up well on those guys. So I think that they're going to have much more passing success. The Arizona pass rush last week was fantastic. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt looked good again, but that has – I feel like that has an early season trend while those older guys are healthy, you know, at, at, the, at the moment. Um, and it will fall off a little later in the year. Don't that totals too high to take, even though they can definitely be a 70 points scored in this game. Um, but man, that's, that's a gutsy pick right there. Taking Seattle. Uh, it's it's hard for Tennessee to go in against the 12s though. It feels a little square, but I figured Tennessee now on the road, having to do what they did against, again, a similar offense that they played last week and, Look, I know the corner matchup isn't great, but the corner matchup's not going to be great for anybody in any team, you know, mostly. And Arizona didn't have great corners, and they they pretty much – I mean, the number one targeted guy in that – the number one receiver in that game was Chester Rogers for the Titans. I mean, it's not like they didn't throw the ball. Jack Rabbit Jones or whatever the hell. It, <laughs> that guy stinks. <laughs> terrible. I mean, terrible. So, um, look, Russell Wilson is like that guy – who, you know, the structure is there. You remember when you used to build, like, toothpick bridges in science class back in, like, high school, you know? You used to build the bridge out of toothpicks, and yours would always just drop the weight. Whenever the weight went on, it would just drop. And there was one kid that just understood how to build a toothpick bridge. Russell Wilson understands how to build the toothpick bridge. This is my toothpick bridge, pick of the week, Seattle, minus five and a half. I love that analogy. That's so good. Um, okay. That, that one, that, that, if I just triggered anybody's high school memories, I apologize. Go ahead. Um, okay. We're, we're going to stick um, uh, here. I'll give, I'll give my big favorite of the week. And this is a big favorite. And this might be, this might be an overreaction, 
but it might also not. I think people might be an overreaction the other way. We're going to take the Cleveland Browns laying 12 points against the Houston Texans. Mm. The Houston Texans are absolute dog trash. They play the Jaguars who are not good. Again, teams are better than we think. It's, they're still going to go out there and play football. They're quite capable of winning a game. But, I mean, the way that Cleveland's defense played against Patrick Mahomes and the way their offensive line played and they were able to run the ball, I don't see how they don't have su- that much success against this Houston team unless they just sleepwalk them and try and, and ignore that. But I think them taking that loss last week and not closing out makes me even more confident that Stefanski is going to say, almost as, a, as an act of practice for the rest of the season, that if they are up, up in the fourth quarter, they are going to be running their offense and they are going to be just trying to score down the stretch. So that's why I feel like having it at a two-score game, they're, they're going to be trying to score late no matter what. Uh, I can't emphasize the number one PFF-ranked offensive line enough. I don't think that Houston will have any pressure on Cleveland this week. I just don't think that they will. So ugly in a different way. It's not an ugly dog, but we are going to lay 12 points with the Cleveland Browns. Super Bowl contender, mm. Cleveland Browns. Super Bowl, Super Bowl AFC representative, in my eyes. I still mm. believe in them. Uh, I don't hate that at all, actually, because I do think, again, it goes against the trend of overreaction. Cleveland played well against Kansas City. It's a huge line. Houston had a great win, but it's against Jacksonville. I mean, like, I don't think it's an overreaction to take Cleveland at that number. I would never do it because it's way too big. But Cleveland, I mean, God bless you. Let's take those big favorites. You got to have one of them, don't we? I mean, that's the way it got to go. Right. right. Uh, All right. These next three, this first one I like, but the best two, I mean, I love. Uh, But this one I'll take. Got to go home, divisional dogs, right? It's the name of the game. I just saw a team kick my team's ass, and I'm going for it. I'm going to go with the Dolphins first. Dolphins plus three and a half against the Bills. Um, look, I get it. The Bills coming off of a loss, it might be a fact of, oh, my gosh, you know, like now we're going to get in gear. That woke us up playing a Pittsburgh team. I don't know. They looked a little rattled. They looked a little rattled, and it didn't seem like it was anything scheme-wise that they didn't do. It just seemed like the reaction to getting pressured, the reaction to getting turnovers, the blocked punt. I mean, Josh Allen, I was very shocked at how much he kind of trickled down his leg a little bit there when T.J. Watt came after him um, and, and got stuck in the pocket, kind of stared down Stephon Diggs on a lot of things. The one thing Pittsburgh does really well is they tackle really, really well. They, and, and they do not let extra yards up. And they did that in this game. Another team that does that really well is Miami. Miami does that really, really well. And you know what, Miami? Miami has caused a turnover in 23 straight games. Isn't that incredible? I mean, they just get the ball out. They go after it. It's going to be a little bit hot, probably very, very humid. I've already looked at some of the weather for this. Uh, Not the the under-the-weather pick, but I was looking at it. Could be some humid thunderstorms, 86 degrees, 87 degrees where Buffalo is coming back up from Buffalo. It's always tough to play up there, uh, play down there for them. But I do think Miami has the defense. If Tua can just manage the game, that's all he has to do is manage the game. Because clearly, look, I mean, clearly the guy, I don't think has it in this league to be a top 10 quarterback, in my eyes. I still haven't seen Um, But I do think he can manage this game, has the receivers. Jalen Waddell is a problem. Jalen Waddell played really, really well in that game. They're getting Wolf Fuller back. I 
think possibly because he didn't play in this game. Um, pretty sure. Pretty sure he's playing. And then Devontae Parker, the Patriot killer, um, you know, played really, really well. So I think that Miami has enough to at least keep it within a field goal. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three and a half. I like that. Yeah. And, and Tua, again, I've been the Tua guy in the show. So he definitely still had some moments late under pressure. I mean, yeah, he, I know he had one throw uh, in the second half under pressure that absolutely should have been intercepted. And he got, it was a miracle that it didn't. Cause he just like was, he was rolling to his, his right throwing against turned around through against his body in such a, in, in just is that the, the one that he got through. nailed? Is that the one he got nailed by Judon and it got tipped up? Yes. That one did get intercepted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and that, that was just a dumb play. I mean, that's just forcing something that did not need to be forced at all. Um, so he's definitely got to get rid of those, um, those, I can do everything plays. Like I can just, no matter what's happening, I can make a play. It's like, you got to just eat it. Sometimes you just got to throw it in the dirt. So he's got to get better at that. I will absolutely agree with you there. Uh, but I like the pick. No question. If we got to give out another favorite here, I feel like I do need another favorite on this card. And it's a team that just played Buffalo last week. And I, and we said how much we like their defense. And this is also a trend following the overreaction, especially targeting teams that played on prime time where everybody watched. And that Monday night game between the Ravens and the Vegas was one of the most banana land games that I've seen in a very, very long time. Right. I mean, it, it, it was ludicrous what was happening between the final 10 minutes of the fourth and then all of overtime. Um, and that's why I have to take the Pittsburgh Steelers minus five and a half because the Steelers defense is so legit. They've got three legitimate wide receivers. The one I believed in the least, Juju Smith-Schuster, had a couple big plays. Um, and, and, again, they're coming back home. I think Vegas coming back, you know, west to east. They're not playing at home. Vegas is a team that you bet, you know, Vegas-Oakland has always been notoriously a team you bet at home, especially early on in the season, home openers. Um, Derek Carr gets up and plays for those kind of things. But um, I don't think he's thrown for 450 yards against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um and, and nor is Josh Jacobs going to just scamper through. I thought the Ravens' run defense did not look that great against, uh, against again, what we expect to be a subpar um, Vegas offensive line. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus five and a half. That's one I will lock in early because I feel like I'm getting that right before a key number of six, I think, by the time that comes around. Um, eh, you know, actually, what would you say? Do you think come Sunday, if, you know, again, I am kind of I'm just talking to myself right now, so I got to send this to you. People are going to come in on Vegas plus five and a half after what they saw on Monday, do you think? I don't know. I think – I'm not sure how much this number moves. I would I would assume this maybe gets to six, especially – got to remember, Pittsburgh just went to Buffalo and won. So, you know, there is that factor, too, going into yeah. this. Um, this is in my leans category, no doubt about it. I do love this pick of, of Pittsburgh. The reason being, I think, and why you're right, is because – the Ravens had so many injuries, did they not? Yeah. Especially, I mean, I, we know about the offense, receiver. running backs. Jimmy Smith did not play. Marcus Peters was out literally on Thursday, got hurt. I mean, they had to train up the corners in, a, in less than a week to play against a lot of really good receivers that they have in, in, in Vegas. And nobody could cover Darren Waller. I mean, that was a nightmare situation for them. Um, but I think that if you put a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick on Darren Waller, I think, it's, I think it's a pretty good matchup you're living with there. So I like oh, yeah. that. And I do think that there's going to be a major difference in how the Ravens play than the Steelers play. Steelers are going to throw the rock all over the field. The Ravens, 
are not designed to do that necessarily. So I think it's going to be a lot better for Pittsburgh here. And you're going to see a Raiders defense. This is not so hot. I don't think, I think the, the Steelers offensive coordinator Canada is going to be more creative in how he sees it. Cause look, Raiders prove they have a pass rush. They do. They have a pass rush a little bit there with Crosby and a couple of those guys. So they're going to have to stay focused on that. But I agree. I, I, I think that they'll have enough weaponry in the wide receiver position to get that done. Yeah. Shout out to Max. Isn't Max Crosby an undrafted? Wasn't he an undrafted free agent uh, like his rookie year or, or a late, a very late round pick? Late pick. He's become, he's become a very legitimate uh, pass rusher. I, I was very impressed with him. Um, you know, he, he was a guy that I think a lot of people learned about, especially in the hard knocks days in, in out in Vegas as well. Um, but yeah, and the more I'm thinking about it now, I think you do grab this number at five and a half because the key number of six is much closer than the dead zone we have going to five, four and a half, you know, down to five, then four and a half and four. I, I, you know, I'd rather just take the five and a half now. And if I get a dead number area of a five or a four and a half, I don't feel as bad about it. Just looking at the numbers and just the way it's coming in, um, the numbers that we're seeing, it's actually um, 58% of the bets on Pittsburgh, 60% of the money is on Vegas. So it is the other way. So you're seeing kind of some big money coming on on Vegas, which would indicate to me that maybe, maybe trying to get that. I don't think the number, the number opened at five and a half, it has stayed there. So maybe mm, yeah. you might see some early money come in on Vegas. It hasn't moved. I would say the public maybe pushes this up to six um, yeah. and, and pushes it for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think that's probably the one. Let me hear you. Let me hear your best pick of the week, Danny. Second best pick of the week. Oh, second best pick of the week. Sorry. Yep. No, it's okay. Uh, these two, I absolutely love. First, first time I looked at the board Monday morning, Monday, uh, early Sunday, late Sunday night, I said, got to take these two. They got home dogs, home dogs, home dogs. It's, it's another week of home dogs. By the way, talk about dogs. We had 12 dogs covered this week. Nine, nine straight up. <laughs> nine outright wins. That is insanity. That is insanity. So good on us for knowing that. Uh, this one I looked at, I said, absolutely taking this dog right here at home against a team that I think really – has a lot of structural problems defensively. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles big time. Big time. In fact, I like the Eagles outright. I like the Eagles outright to straight up win. Why? For the same reasons you brought up in the beginning of the show. You win this game in the trenches. And the Eagles offensive line just dominated against Atlanta. Just dominated. Now it's Atlanta, granted that. San Francisco played Detroit. All I can say about that is you let that team back into that game late there with an amazing backdoor cover. Uh, very, very sad, though, because I had it at seven and a half, so that really upset me. But hopefully Brutal. you have that number uh, of eight and a half, nine. Uh, but you let that team back in the game with Jared Goff. I mean, the way that the Eagles ran their offense, I think it's going to be very difficult for San Francisco to try and keep up with that college style offense that they're running in Philadelphia. It's the zone read. It's the RPO. Uh, it's Lincoln Riley, baby. I mean, Orvosky broke it down great on ESPN the other day. Just saying, this is the Oklahoma offense that Jalen Hurts ran in college. I mean, I just love, love, love what Philadelphia is doing. San Francisco, 
remember, San Francisco also lost a defensive coordinator. This is D'Amico Ryan's first time as a defensive coordinator, kind of working it in. And I think especially them losing Jason Verrett for the whole season, that's a big loss for them, their best corner. I think there could be some, some interesting play calling that Sirianni is going to use to use his speed. There's a speed all over the field in Philadelphia. Sanders, Watkins, uh, Rager, Devontae Smith, all those guys. Uh, and if Hurts can run the football well, I do think that Philadelphia can win this game. So I'm going to pick them plus three and a half and uh, sprinkle a little money line on the Eagles. Hey, I can't fight against it. I said I got to be higher on the Eagles, so I think I just I think I have to ride with you by default. Not my number one pick, oh. but I think I will be riding. They were definitely – I have a giant – I have three giant question marks next to that game because I'm just like, how do we feel? And, again, I do think that maybe we are giving San Francisco's defense too much credit. As we say, there's so much change year from year, um, more so defensively than offensively uh, when you go from team to team. And, again, no more Bobby Salah and no more, you know – unbelievable shutdown corners on that team. He said, especially Sherman, Sherman gone over the offseason. Verrett gone after game one, probably going to have a hard time. So then now those corners got to be responsible for if they're trying to, you know, try and pinch down and helping the run game out on that RPO, if they're going to get beaten over the top by, you know, by one of those speed guys. So I, I like that pick a lot. And I think that, I think we do need to part, start putting some respect on Nick Sirianni's name. I, I, I read, I did a little bit of reading up on him and realizing how highly Frank Reich spoke about him and how, integral he was in, in all of their game planning and their offense and we, if we view him as a beautiful offensive mind then we, we kind of have to treat Sirianni as a as an extension of that so uh, I like the pick uh, this is scheme versus scheme you know like Sirianni's kind of like we said RPO zone read scheme versus the zone run scheme of Kyle Shanahan uh, as in terms of offenses OCs um, how the Eagles will handle that I think the Eagles have a better chance of stopping their scheme than the 49ers have of stopping the Eagles scheme because look, the Eagles are going to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to do a much better job than Detroit did. I'll tell you that you got a lot of guys, Graham and Fletcher Cox and Barnett, Josh sweat, and all like Javon Hargraves was unbelievable in that game against Atlanta. He just dominated their offensive line. I think there's a really good spot for the Eagles here at home team coming across the country. Really like them. Uh, I'm going to let you, Go number one last, because we always want you to go last. Save the best for last. Um, my number one pick, I think you could pretty much telegraph this one as soon as it came out where I was going, because if we're going home, divisional, dog. Again, am I loading up too much on home home dogs? Am I loading up? I, I don't think you can have enough home dogs, Sam. You can't have enough. Well, now that you've given me permission, <laughs> First one of the year. Let's land with our favorite team, huh? Let's go, Carolina Panthers, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Charlotte's going to be rocking on Sunday. We talk about overreaction. Let's all overreact to Jameis, the famous, throwing, what, four or five touchdowns in this game against the I'm Green Bay Packers? I mean, goodness gracious. On 20 freaking pass attempts, Dan. That is the thing that stood out to me the most. Is that it's like Jameis Winston came out. He was 14 of 20. They only had like 325 yards of total offense. The special teams for Green Bay was horrible. The defense was horrible. They had incredible field position all the way. This is also my number one pick. So let's just ride right into that because I'm taking the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half. If you're watching the line moving on this, this is a key one. It has hit four like sporadically in this early part of this week. As soon as it hits four, it's pounded down every single time. 
it gets dropped right down. So that means that the sharps are keying in on that number, and it is a key number of four. So I think you got to shop for that four, and if you see it for Carolina, you let, you take it in right away. Mine and Danny's number one pick of the week. I, I think that the overreaction to Jameis in that game might be the biggest overreaction of week one. I completely agree. It's been so hard to find it at four because it took it early in the week three and a half, and I'm seeing it at four in some books, and it's just so hard to find it because you're right. As soon as it gets it gets popped, as soon as it gets to four, so you can find it at four. That's great. Other reasons why this is an overreaction: uh, Are there not five coaches out with COVID for New Orleans right now? That as well. They have a huge coaching COVID uh, problem in the staff. Those now those coaches might coach, yes, but again, that makes it a little bit harder for them in game planning and preparation. Also, Marcus Davenport, gone, out for this game. Marshawn Lattimore gets a big money contract, has to have thumb surgery. He's week to week. We don't know if he's going to play in this game. And New Orleans was already depleted at the cornerback position. So I do think that there's something to be had with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. How about you? How about Sammy D, man? I mean, Sammy D, back from the dead, doing against the Jets. Congratulations, Mr. Darnold. Absolutely love that. But their offense is going to be hard-pressed to stop. I'm sorry, the New Saints defense is going to be hard-pressed to stop Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he really, again, just picks up where he left off. Um, I think this is a Joe Brady, well-designed, well-schemed uh, plan against a depleted New Orleans Saints defense that will keep them in this game. Maybe, maybe. Now, New Orleans has won, has beaten Carolina like eight of the last nine matchups. They've beaten Carolina. This is kind of a brand new for both teams. Both teams are a little bit different now. I would um, very different. I would, I would maybe take a venture on the money line. Maybe take a venture on the money line as well. Uh, similar to what the Eagles have. I think it's plus 160, plus 150 in that range. So, um, yeah, Carolina all the way. Yep. Nope. Love it. I, hey, we're on the same page. Number one picks again. It worked out all right in week one. Normally, last year, if you said that, I, be burying my head in the sand and thinking, that, oh, no, what are we doing? But, hey, we're hot off the start, week one. We are 7-3 and three as a podcast program. I, I, I love it. I can't, I can't go any other way. You, you get 70, 70%. 70%. And, you know, you know, if you listen to Matty Ice, you were higher because he hit the Miami. Hey, you know, we shared a couple picks, but still. We did. We did. But still. That's you just double unit. If we, if we both like it, you double unit. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I do love those picks, though. I mean, Carolina, we've liked them for so long. I think we got to go with them. Okay. Any leans for the week? Um, I, I, I'm leaning Miami. Um, like I said, I, I definitely like that pick that you had um, for them. And then the other one. We got yeah this this game I think we need to talk about because I'm sure you were staring at this as well and I know this is in your leans it's the other home dog that we haven't talked about yet and it's the Indianapolis Colts catching four and a half at home against the Seattle Seahawks and I just don't Carson Wentz is just still a giant question mark he looked he looked okay at best against Seattle he was very sporadic he was very he looked just out of control when he was under pressure. Um, again, against a team in Seattle that doesn't generate a lot of pressure and their offensive line should be preventing most of that because they should have one of the a top 10 unit in the league. And and I want to fade the Rams overreaction to week one because, it, again, we talked about Philly I was wrong on, 
and I'm, I'm leaning much more your, your way on Chicago now. Chicago with Andy Dalton is a three-win team. I mean, they are – their defense stinks. Andy Dalton can't do jack. The only touchdown they scored was when Fields came in the game and saved them. So I do feel the Rams are very good, and I just don't know if the Colts are going to be able to pull this off at home. But it is a classic, classic overreaction of this team getting dominated on primetime Sunday Night Football. One week sample size. One week sample size against the Bears. Let's not let's pump the brakes. Like and, I am not ready to to claim the Rams as like the be all and end all Super Bowl team yet. And we liked the Colts a ton. We just knew that the Colts were going to maybe struggle in the beginning of the year because they needed cohesion. That's all we that's all we said. And that's where I'm at. So I, I do think maybe it's even too early to still bet on the Colts. I think that you stay away from them for now. They might lose a couple more games until they figure things out. And then if we start to see the changes, we have to, you know, you got to watch the film and you have to watch the games for these. If we start to see that once it's becoming a little more competent, comfortable in the offense is then we can attack when they might be starting to get some lines. If they're playing some bad teams of, it might be, you know, more like six point. I mean, if they're already getting four and a half at home. I, I haven't looked forward to their schedule, but I could see like their next road game. If they're playing a decent team, they could be catching over a touchdown and that's when we maybe pounce them. So I do feel like maybe a little early to climb on the Colts bandwagon as far as a bounce back. I completely agree. I think this is a stay away game as far as the eye can see for both of these teams. I don't like either of these teams at the moment. Um, anything else from you or no? <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. The other side of that game is, is Chicago is taking, oh, yeah. maybe taking the Bengals. Maybe take the Bengals, honestly, because I think that this could be the game that gets Justin Fields a starting job. I think that they see that they lose their first two games, especially if they lose to a Bengals team that I think is regarded around the league as not being, you know, great. Um, I think that this is exactly what pushes um, Fields into the starting role. So this might be, uh, I don't know if Lou agrees with me here, but I feel like taking the Bengals would be the Lou Paracone bet the narrative of the week. If we want to see Justin Fields eventually get in, I think the Bengals win this game. We see the narrative, Justin Fields starter week three. What do you think about that, Lou? Bet the narrative. That's all I got to say. That's it. Just bet the narrative. That's all. You'll win almost every time. That's fantastic. Also, please clip that as a soundbite for future shows. Yes, please. It's a Burrow, it's a burrow pick of the week. Bet, burrow bet the narrative pick of the week. Absolutely love that from Lewis. Um, I do like Cincinnati on my leans. They are on my lean list. Jacksonville. Mm. Stinky. Bad. <laughs> but I may have to do it. Um, I may. Oh, I don't want to. But Matt, I can't. Oh, like you said, I can't overreact to Denver. And they can't be as bad as last week, can they? I just can't believe it. They can't. My they can, and Lou says they can. And my, my thing with this is that Jacksonville did start to come back in that game. It's because Trevor Lawrence had 51 pass attempts. Do you want a rookie quarterback having 50 pass attempts against this Denver defense right now? Again, biased Denver fan over here. But that defense was ferocious. They had Danny Times just run for his life back there. I mean, they only, again, the touchdown they scored late was he had to scramble in because they kind of just lost him. And I, that, that, that was a 27-7 game. That's right, right. And it's just, for me, I just think that, again, Jacksonville came back against a bad – a team that we know is bad in Houston. And I just think that there's always teams every year that, again, we, they, they take the leap, right? They bump up in value. 
And I, I, I hate to say, I feel like I, again, I just can't say it because it's the team that I root for, but I generally think that Denver is a team that is going to be viewed as, as a much higher value later on the year for, for defensive reasons, mostly, but the fact that again, Teddy just doesn't turn the ball over and he just keeps his team rolling. And he's, he's a weapon in the red zone. That play he made where he got smacked in the face mask. Yeah. And stiff armed the linebacker back and then got it out to the tight end who also made a great dive for the, for the, uh, for the goal line. I, I, they're just, they're much more dynamic. Dynamic while also taking care of the ball. Yep. Well, that's the biggest difference is not, not putting the ball in a psychotic placement like Drew Locke would and having, giving six points. I mean, he covers these, these situations, especially on the road. So, Teddy, I'll stay away from that. I like Pittsburgh, like you said. The first game I texted you about, though, is, is got me in a loop here. Dallas mm. and the Chargers. I mean, I, I just can't believe that Dallas is three, three points. I just – I don't know. Like, I just – the game's got me in a pretzel. But my first instinct is how can I not take the Cowboys here? Yeah. Again, if, if we want to be the SpongeBob SquarePants pick of the week, it's taking the over in that game, over 54, because that's just two electric offenses that are probably going to throw throw a ton. So. That would be my SpongeBob SquarePants pick of the week. Um, but I agree. It's just like Den- or, uh, Dallas looks so good at throwing against that defense. Do we think the Chargers defense is as good as the Bucks? Probably not. No. But the Chargers also just kind of pieced up. Again, they pieced up Washington. And their, their sample size is so much, again, even harder to take credit in because Washington loses their starting quarterback for the entire second half of the game. So do they come out of there with a W if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays the entire game? And and how does this line change? So that is an absolute pickle of a game. Yeah. Like put me in a pickle jar. I, I, I may just <laughs> just jar me up and put me on the shelf. I mean, it is terrible. I mean, that – but that's the first game I saw, and I'm like, I have to take that. And then I just kind of backed up. I said, oh, I just don't know. Chargers. Um, so those are leans for the week. We'll, we'll update you. We got our five picks. We'll put them out on Twitter on Sunday. Um, and then maybe, you know, we'll put extra stuff on our own Twitter pages as well. Um, let's do it. Let's do the under the weather first, and then we'll save the Magic money line parlay and see what Matt came up with. Under the weather here, um, not a lot of weather situations this week. We talked about the game in Miami, possible thunderstorms, possible wind variations, but the total is 48, and the history in this game says take the over because these two teams usually score a ton of points. So I, I am nauseous about that game a little bit. I like a one game a little bit better because the total is huge. I'm going to take the under the weather game in Seattle. I will take the Titans and the Seahawks under the weather. The weather in Seattle is going to be 61 degrees on Sunday. So much colder. I live about five hours away from Nashville. It has been 95 plus here for like the last three weeks. I promise you that's what they're playing in. Now they got to go to 60 degrees Seattle. Rain is a big possibility this weekend. Not necessarily wind, but I am seeing close to 10 mile an hour winds here. Not the wind we want, but it might be just enough, especially with, you know, there has been shaky kicking in those games with Seattle and with Tennessee. So we'll have to see with that. But I think Tennessee tries to keep it on the ground a little bit more this week. Uh, try to establish a run game. They only threw the ball so much because they had to. They were playing from behind. So I think they'll try to establish Derrick Henry a little bit more, keep the clock moving. And I think Seattle, it'll be big plays that might get you. But the total is 54. 
So it's a very, very high total. Let's keep it under 30, both teams, shall we? And let's get out of there with a dub. Under 54, Seattle and Tennessee. I like that. I like that pick. Again, Mr. Square Pants over here, I'm thinking, again, elite passing, both teams, pass, 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 going to be crazy. But, again, the 12s come out in Seattle, which usually ends up helping the defense out, hurting the other offense. And uh, we all know that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks like to play games ugly. So if Tennessee's playing bad, they'll probably just play down to their level and win it late with some some godforsaken Hail Mary behind the back pass from Russell Wilson or something like that. And I do want to give you the money and the bets. The bets, 61% of the money, 61% of the bets on the over, 90% of the money is on the under. This is a sharp play as well. So I very much like this for the under. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for for the moment that you've all been waiting for. The most mystical and wondrous part of our show. One and oh, really one and a half, two and oh. And then oh. <laughs> for the magic money line parlay. So now our resident magician will once again pull a rabbit out of his hat and give you a winner. I'm already hyping you up that you have to give a winner this week to show, to show that it was not a fluke. So let's go week two, magic money line parlay. The magic money line parlay this week is going to perfectly coincide with all of the themes that we have discussed on this show. Because I said, there's one way I get you know, trying to look for other things outside of the picks that we've made, but why would I do that? I clearly like the picks that we've made. We have the divisional home dog money line parlay of the week. Carolina and Miami. Don't worry, Dan. It's not the Jets. It's not the Jets. Dan was like rolling off the couch over there. Carolina, Miami, both catching three and a half, both right around a 155, 160 uh, point. That is a plus five. 30, 532 money line parlay. And now this again, I don't, I'm not trying to give out multiples and trying to get good records, but just to put this one in your pipe and smoke it just for a little bit. If you wanted to go the not necessarily divisional home dog of the week, but divisional dog of the week, you could pair up the NFC South, Carolina, and Atlanta mm. money line parlay plus 14, 8. Team. worth a shot i think that value is there i think that's two divisional teams i don't have a ton of confidence that Atlanta will beat tampa bay that sounds preposterous but it's overreaction week we gotta do it you, you don't know we don't know nobody knows we're all clueless that might be the biggest money line parlay value you've ever given out on the show i don't think i've ever heard of 1400 Correct. Not, not for stat purposes, not for, don't put it in the spreadsheet, but that's just a taste. That's just, just put a little taste on that one. Okay. Official pick Carolina and Miami side pick Carolina and Atlanta, then throw all three of them in a round Robin. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. If, if, if you want to do a round, if, no, no. But honestly though, if you want to do a round Robin, Carolina, Miami, Philly. That's my round. Robin. I love that. Yep, absolutely. That might be that might be the round robin play this week. Is is that one? He gets a lot of value on that one. If one of them hits, you're gold. So, um, I love it. Fantastic, Lewis. Is Cincinnati your pick of the week? I need one pick. 
one think he pick? knows pick of the week. One Come pick? on, Lewis. Danny we got a divisional boy. home dog. That Danny, we're going to be at the game, Dan. Oh, what are we shit. talking about, kid? You better hope and pray the Jets don't win because – Ah, Matt knows. Matt knows what it's like to go to a Jets game where the Jets fans are come out victorious. It's miserable. And then guess what? We got to ride home. And I heard Danny needs a ride to the airport. And guess who's going to take him? You better hope they don't win, my boy. Oh, my God. They don't win, son. I will walk to Newark Airport. I will walk. Lou, Lou might just drive it right back to Virginia just so he could spend the eight-hour car ride telling how the Jets won. <laughs> Listen to Fleetwood Mac and yelling at Dan in the back that Mac Jones stinks. He doesn't. Will, he doesn't. I will hitchhike. I will hitchhike <laughs> if that happens. I, I, I honestly will. Uh, I have all the confidence in the world. World 17-0 and 0 record on the line in attendance. So that is massive so the best the best record in sports is dan attending patriots games it's incredible it's incredible we just don't lose two and oh at metlife four and oh against the jets going for five i i gotta tell you though i've never been to a jets game where they lost really not not for nothing dan you tell me that kind of a run i mean i I just have to fade you in every game i know i mean not for nothing if you've been if you have a perfect record i have to fade you every game you go to that I am not the preseason Ravens. You cannot fade me. <laughs> Come on. That's unbelievable. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. Mac versus Zach in the war to end all wars or maybe begin all wars. Uh, it yeah. should, be a, should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. The Moneyline Parlay man, gets me excited. Everything gets me excited. Week two of the NFL. We'll go Thursday night. Giants in Washington before we say goodbye. I'm leaning Giants here, Matt. Three man. points. I know they're catching three. I do think you have to take the three points with the Giants here, even though I just don't know how their offense is going to do much against the defensive line. But again, we don't know. Again, theme of the week. We don't know, so don't overreact. Uh, we thank you for listening, everybody. You can listen on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts to the Sunday card every single week. And every single week on Saturday at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m., go on sportscountry.net, listen on Sports Country Radio. And if you miss all those shows, 11.30 a.m. on Sunday morning on sportscountry.net. For our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, and our magician in the building, he is the man, the myth, the legend, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. I am Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening once again. Have fun in week two with the Sunday card.